You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be a host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. And with me, as always, are my co-hosts. First up, we've got Ali, who you can follow on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. How are you doing, Ali? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, got plenty of drafts going on at the minute with a few charity leagues, so under the caution uh, in a few of those, trying to trying to pull out the, the good players, but... I'll be honest, it's, it's not been the best start I've ever made, to, especially the the Warrior Bowl. I've gone stack heavy, so I know Tom Tom uh, Strachan, he's going to love that one, but I'm a I'm a little bit apprehensive about it. But got to trust, got to trust the T stack. <laughs> well, you should see mine, mate. I started tight end, tight end, <clears throat> oh, and then I had nice. I had Rogers before he reported back to camp, so I was sweating on him, and I I was drunk on Saturday night, and I took. Deshaun Watson as my second quarterback. So I was, oh. I was really sweating at quarterback for a minute. <laughs> wow. That is uh, that is very bold. Um, but we'll, we'll move on to a second co-host, Kev, who you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Go. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, evening, gents. Uh, great to be with you tonight. Um, Deshaun Watson, wow, that's pretty spicy. Mm. That. I don't know if I can top that. Um, yeah, I, I'm in the FFCC uh, like you guys are and um just perfecting my draft um very exciting i think it'll do pretty well i wonder who'll do the best out bus free though this year that's it we need to we're playing for bragging rights between ourselves not not as not as uh, just everybody else it's it's a, a big thing between us three so obviously i'm gonna win it but it's gonna it's gonna be exciting to see how you two get on <laughs> we'll have to have a, a wager for charity i think yeah that sounds good sounds and good. i like how you, you're putting us on the spot while we're recording so uh, <laughs> there's no backing out <laughs> Right. We'll, we'll definitely do that um, but anyway we'll, we'll crack on with today's show and today we're going to be planting our flags so players that we're 100% all in on uh, for the 2021 season players that we think are going to absolutely smash the current ADP and therefore making them a, a great target if you're a contending team in Dynasty so we might as well kick things straight off get straight into it and we'll start with the first quarterback Ali who, who have you selected as your flag plant at quarterback? So my flag plant, the guy I'm all in on in 2021 is Justin Herbert, uh, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, uh, entering year two, who's <clears throat> currently going as the dynasty quarterback five and the redraft is quarterback seven. Um, so it's pretty spicy because he is ranked so high already, um, but I absolutely think he can fulfill his his ADP or if not better it. Um, so he, he smashed the rookie touchdown record. Last year, previously held by Baker Mayfield, uh, and that's despite not starting week one. He threw 31 touchdowns and he rushed for another five. And he was actually only 38 yards short of Andrew Luck's rookie passing record. And obviously, he played one game less than Andrew Luck. Um, he's also the first rookie in history to throw two or more touchdowns in seven consecutive games. So that just shows you his consistency he had. Um, he finished as the quarterback nine, and that's despite numerous injuries to his offensive weapons. Um, and he also averaged third in the NFL in passing yards per game with 289. Um, so in 2021, Herbert will be learning a new offense. So slightly worrying, um, but he's going to be working under new offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. And Lombardi's the long-term Saints quarterback coach. He's also <clears throat> the OC in Detroit in 2014-15 when they had 
Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, and they both had a thousand yard seasons that season. And also Stafford. Um, and as a trio, they all went to the Pro Bowl. So that's a good a good sign. Um, I don't think he's going to have any problems learning a new system. Uh, he he obviously picked up the old system in a COVID hit off season, and he he smashed plenty of records. So you also got to look at the the Chargers' top-tier weapons. They've got Keenan Allen, who we all like, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, who I think can step up this season, and Jared Cook. Yes. <laughs> Did you hear that, Kev? Mike Williams is coming. Awful. <laughs> <Absolutely> awful. <laughs> They've also got Jared Cook, they brought in from the Saints, um, who's been a productive tight end. I think it's 16 touchdowns the last two seasons. So so he's got some really good weapons. Um, we may mention a few of these later on in the show, bit of a spoiler. Um, so our objective in this uh, this show was to pick our guys outside the top tier. So we couldn't pick any guys inside the top tier, but <clears throat> he's right there as my next guy who I think will jump into the top tier <clears throat> following this season. For me, he's got it all. Um, I'm going all in on Justin Herbert this offseason. Yeah, he had a really impressive rookie season, did he? But obviously, I won't expect him to make starts so soon, but... Um, Dr. Nick got to work on Tyrod Taylor, didn't he, before that, that game against the Chiefs. But when, when Herbert hit the lineup, he absolutely crushed expectations, QB9. Um, some people can say that he had a soft schedule, which for the main he did, but he also shone in big games against Alice Bucks and also the Saints. Um, now, the O-line, it was poor, but that has improved. Uh, they took Rashawn Slater in round one. Um and, and obviously, the, the weapons that he had, they, they missed a bit of time. Eckler missed some time, uh, Keenan Allen as well. So hopefully, a bit healthier this year. I actually really loved Herbert's red zone usage, the fact that he was getting rushing attempts and that he got five touchdowns on the ground. Now, I'm more concerned about the new head coach, Nosey, than the new Ali. I think the fact that Herbert was the QB for in pass attempts per game, it, it does worry me that there's potentially a more defensive-minded coach coming in that it might it might fluctuate a little bit, maybe dip a little bit lower than QB4. And also, Lombardi, I know you mentioned he was the OC um, for the Lions back in the day. Um, when he had the GOAT, Megatron, he also had Golden Tate, who was an outstanding, underrated guy. Um, in those two seasons he was there, though, he, had, he was actually below league average in points and yards, and that's with some fantastic weapons, so... I mean, he's got great weapons with the Chargers, but I think you'd you'd expect him to have a, a, at least a decent offense with the one of the greatest greatest wide receivers of all time. Um, but back to Herbert, I think the 15 rush yards per game that he averaged it does cap his upside. I think the QB seven is bang on for his 2021 rank. It's it's tough to put him above that with the guys that have got that um, that Konami code that rush upside. But then I just think back to sort of win now and going out to acquire him. The dynasty QB five year, yeah, taking him at his ceiling there. I think I think it's too costly to target on a win now team in dynasty. But I do think QB seven for this season is pretty much where I'd have him as well. Yeah, I'll just start by saying that I, I hope you bang on with this one, Ali, because in pretty much all the charity leagues that I'm in, I've taken Herbert in them all. So Scott Fish, Warrior Bowl, FFCC, I've took Herbert in them all. So yeah, I'm hoping you're out on this one. I hope he does smash. But as you mentioned, he had an amazing rookie season. It was the consensus QB three out of that draft class as well. So it's really impressive how he's now emerged as, as the QB one out of that class. Um, proved all the doubters wrong with that QB nine finish, but he put up some really impressive metrics on on player profile as well. He was sixth in passing yards, eighth in air yards, sixth in money throws, 
and ninth in pressure completion percentage. So just just proving as a rookie that he's right up there and um, amongst the elite when it become when it comes to throwing the ball. Um, I think he's got to be really impressed with that rookie season and for fantasy has been it's been a fantastic success. Um, like Kev mentioned, now we've got that upgrade at O line. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, both returning from from the injuries that they picked up during during last season. Um, a little bit similar to what Kev said, probably the only reservation that I do have is is that rushing upside. He had 55 carries for 234 yards and five touchdowns. While the touchdowns obviously great that he was he was used at the goal line. Um, I just feel like that's that's maybe capping his, his ceiling when you compare him to some of these top quarterbacks that we've got in fantasy. So with that ADP of, of, of QB7, I find it really hard for him to to break into that top top five, especially. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure how much room there is for him to, to grow on that ADP. Uh, so I'm just interested to know what you think, Ali. What do you think his ceiling could be in 2021? Um, can he outscore those those rushing quarterbacks like Allen, Murray and Lamar? To be honest, mate, I think he's going to finish as the QB1 this year. No, I don't really. I, I, think, <laughs> I hope so. Like I said, I'm open to so, mate. Oh, that wow. would be a big flag plant, wouldn't it? I'll, I'll have plenty of titles <laughs> in some of these charity leagues. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be tough, obviously. He only had what 234 yards. It's not a lot, is it? Really, it, it was it was less rushing yards than Ryan Tannehill, uh, so it's not very impressive. Uh, so he's not going to get up to Kyler Murray's level. But <clears throat> you also mentioned that that bad O line. I think that had a lot to do with it. So with an improved offensive line, is it going to be a bit easier for him to have a few <clears throat> a few lanes to run in? Certainly hope so. Um, I think it is going to be tough to get into that crew. But if he did make the jump into top five, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I think you've got to look at someone like Josh Allen. He was the quarterback one last season and he only rushed for 421 yards and he, he scored eight touchdowns in that time. So Allen was more of an effective rusher when he saw the lanes go open. He wasn't sort of rushed first like Lamar Jackson is. Um, so although I do think Herbert's ADP is already high, um, it's certainly hard to see that he's going to smash that. But I think he does outperform that ADP. So I can certainly see him probably finishing six or seven so it's about bang on but <clears throat> i don't think he's going to finish any lower than the quarterback seven put it that way yeah um yeah and obviously if he does outperform i think he's going to jump into the the top tier of quarterbacks alongside the likes of dak and, and josh allen in in dynasty formats as well yeah i just think he's a, he's a rock solid quarterback to have in i think with the amount of time he's gonna to have to throw the ball i think that's gonna counterbalance any any kind of negativities you've got against his uh his rushing upside but yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm hoping for a big year from from Herbert, and I think I think we all are. So, with that, we'll we'll move on to the second quarterback. And Kev, who's who's your flag plant? Yeah, so I'm gonna plant my flag on Matt Stafford this season. He's uh, he's going as a QB 12 in 2021 rankings. Um, he's a dynasty QB 15. So, um, as you'd expect, he's 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 going earlier in drafts for this season because of the age and the fact that there's guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields that maybe. Uh, above him in dynasty, but clearly below him in in your redraft, your best ball leagues because they might not start the the beginning of the season. I think with Stafford, it's always interesting when you get QB on a new team to know exactly how he will fare. There is that uncertainty; it could be better, um, could be worse. Um, obviously, it's going to be better because he's my flag plant. Um, I think franchise wise, going from the Lions to the Rams, that's that's bang on. It's perfect. I think he's going to better coaching. Matt Patricia stinks. Um, and the weapons, I think, I think they're probably better than the Lions, to be honest. I know they had like Marvin Jones and Gorday, TJ Hawkinson, but I think the Rams have got some fantastic weapons, obviously. Lost uh, Cam Akers, which 
wasn't the, wasn't the best, but maybe it will be. Maybe I'll come on to that in a moment, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I think Matt Stafford, it was a QB 15 last season. That's without Kenny Galladay for two-thirds of the season, who was his wide receiver one. Um, and also, so, well, <laughs> get, get the name right, Ken. Uh, it's you two that call him a superstar. <laughs> I'm not calling a giant superstar, no way. Maybe Saquon, actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Stafford, obviously, uh, going back a little bit, 2019, he played eight games, um, but he was on the QE4 pace. So, um, really interesting guy. He's, he's played 16 games in nine out of the last 10 seasons. So that coupled with his age, 33 years old, I don't think it's an issue at all. Um, they can make a season and injury. It's probably going to lead to an increased pass volume in my eyes. And bearing in mind, Jared Goff was QB nine in pass attempts last season on this team. It's it's going to be a pass heavy uh, offense. You'd imagine looking at those bare numbers. Um, I think Stafford's, Overlooked as he's not a Konami code QB, he's not someone that's going to rush, get you plenty of points that way. But I think he's the ideal QB to, to acquire for a 2022 first on a win now dynasty team. I think it's absolutely the right move um, if you've got a QB2 that's a rookie that's not called Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the ideal guy to go out and acquire. So, yeah, um, I'm planting my flag on Matt Stafford that he'll hit a QB1 season in 2021. No, I love it. Another another rock side quarterback. Um, another one of my Warrior Bowl quarterbacks as well. So I've just named my two starting quarterbacks in the Warrior Bowl. So that's a, that's a nice start. Um, but yeah, the Rams, they threw the ball 10% more than what the Lions did in 2020. And yet, Jared Goffey only had 100 more passing yards than, than Stafford. So that's either showing that, that Stafford's a lot better quarterback than Goff, which he is, but also the fact is he's going to get more opportunity as well. So yeah, I feel like Stafford's really going to thrive in this offense. Um, as you mentioned, got some great wide receivers in, in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, both guys that can create yards on their own. So all Stafford's got to do really is get the ball out of his hands, get it to these these players, and and they can put up the points for Stafford. Um, he's also one of the best deep thrower, uh, deep throwing QBs in the league. I actually saw a stat recently that he leads the league in passes thrown over fifty yards through the air at twelve. So that's the most wow. in the NFL. Um, the next best quarterback's on eight. So. Definitely one of the the top rated deep throwers and, and probably underrated um, with his with his deep ball. And now, obviously, we know Deshaun Jackson's uh, playing for the Rams. So while he's elfing, while ever those two can link up, who knows? Maybe he can add uh, a couple more to, to to that stat. But um, yeah, personally, I think twenty to one ADP of, of QB twelve. I think that's bang on. Um, definitely agree with you, Kev. That in Dynasty is somebody you want to buy if you're contending. I think is a is an ideal QB2 to mm -hmm. have. And if you can get him for a, a first that could potentially be a, a late first, then that's it's absolute money. Um, like you mentioned, the rushing upside a little bit like Herbert's probably the thing that that holds him back reaching that top tier. But I think he can be a low end QB1, high end QB2 quite easily. Yeah, <clears throat> I've almost forgot about Deshaun Jackson being on the team. <laughs> I was I was actually, I was watching the, the documentary of the, the Miracle in the Meadowlands last night. Which oh, will bring back happy absolutely. memories for you, Kev, and not so much for you, Matt. No. <laughs> Super. Thanks for bringing that up, Alan. That's that's, yeah, Kev, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Um, uh, so yeah, going back to Stafford, I've honestly always been in on Stafford just because of his price. Uh, so throughout my dynasty team, he's my most owned quarterback. There's him and Matt Ryan. I'm a two most owned quarterbacks. So. This move from Detroit to LA was certainly welcomed by me. Um, I think it's a massive upgrade for the team. Um, and Cup and Woods are, are big winners in, in the trade. Um, 
I think the Rams are serious Super Bowl contenders now. And I certainly think that Stafford is in line for a quarterback one season. Um, so just throwing a question back to you, Kev. What do you think Stafford's ceiling can be in this LA offense? I think for this season, anything in that sort of QB seven to nine range, I think is probably ceiling. I think if you're going to break into that top five and not be a rushing QB, you have to have one of those historic seasons where you throw in uh, high forties pass wise. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he, he, he threw like a million touchdowns last <laughs> season and he wasn't a QB one. So I think, I think QB, QB, we'll say QB eight. I think he's probably his, his ceiling. Um, I think he's gonna with, with the number of Konami co QBs in the league nowadays. It's it's really hard for these passing guys. Obviously, there's still a role for them guys like Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers. They're, they're gonna still be in the NFL by all means. But I just think, from a fantasy perspective, it just does cap him a little bit. But if he's QB eight and you've paid. Well, he's expected to be QB twelve, and you've paid a QB fifteen price. Yeah, you've absolutely crushed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like he said, it's, it's just one of those ideal QB twos to have. And you know, he's rock solid. He's he's always going to put up good numbers. It's it's not very often that, that Stafford lets you down when it comes to throwing the ball, and he's going to get plenty of opportunities. So yeah, I can't see a world where he's not at least hitting that ADP. And and if we're going to say that that Herbert can 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 break his ADP, then why can't Stafford push? push up towards those kind of those kind of numbers congrats on winning the warrior ball matt <laughs> i know i'm loving i'm loving this start I'm, I'm, hopefully, I, hopefully hopefully my quarterback one of you two might pick this guy but i, I doubt it <laughs> especially kev because we know he's loving this uh, this quarterback yeah, um, but yeah my quarterback's uh, joe burrow he's the, the guy i'm gonna be planting my flag on um currently the dynasty adp feels about right is uh is the qb9 um, but he's 20 to 21 ADP of QB 13. That feels a little bit disrespectful to me, to be honest. Um, made a made a really strong start to his rookie season before obviously the ACL injury. Um, he was on pace to finish as the QB 14 in fantasy points, seventh in in passing yards, and he ranked ninth in accuracy rating. So made a really impressive beginning to his his rookie season. Um, also showed that ability that he's got as a rusher as well. 37 carries, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, but but now if we if we just look forward to the 2021 season, it's this this whole offense is getting me really excited. Um, three awesome wide receivers, T. Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd, and and obviously the the fifth overall pick, Jamar Chase. Um, the O line seen improvements over the off season, so hopefully that's going to give Burrow a bit more a bit more time in the pocket. And then the defense that the Bengal has is 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 shocking to and that's putting it lightly i mean it's it's terrible so i think they're gonna to have to throw the ball plenty that's going to lead to plenty of opportunities for for burrow to, to to throw the ball to these these wide receivers um also it sounds like he's making he's making big progress with his his acl recovery so it's obviously a really a real positive note he's not going to be on the pup list to to begin training camp unlike a few other players like obviously barkley had the, the acl injury as well and he's starting on the pup list so the fact that that Burrow isn't that's a that's a really a really good sign and and it's giving you confidence moving into the 2021 season so yeah I think I think he's in the perfect situation he's got all the all the things you look for when you're looking for a quarterback to to succeed in fantasy he's got everything going his way and yeah that, that QB 13 ADP I think he can I think he can quite easily smash that yeah total agreement here I think the recent reports on Burrow's health are all really positive um I think this is honestly a really good pick. The arrow is definitely pointing up in Cincinnati uh, on many aspects. You've got the wide receiver core, which is 
maybe the best in the league, obviously, except my Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> and maybe Dallas. But other than that, it's yeah. got to be top five at least. Uh, you've also got the O-line improvement. So, as you said, Matt, it should result in more time in the pocket. Um, I think the Bengals are going to be a really fun team to watch this season. Um, you've got PFF and other analysts. They rank the Bengals' defence anywhere between 23 and 32 heading into this season. So I can honestly see a similar season to what Dallas was like with Dak Prescott in 2020, where they're having to throw 30-odd points just to try and come back and win games. Um, you've also got the AFC North, which is littered with high-powered offences, so that could equal some shootouts. And it was actually, oddly, the two games against Cleveland that brought his best performances last season. <laughs> Six touchdowns and one, only one interception against, obviously, that tough Browns defence in what was two high-scoring shootouts. Really good game. So, for me, I'm a big fan of Burrow. Um, he's my dynasty quarterback eight, so a really good pick for me. Yeah, I bet. I bet when uh, when you when that notification came through about Joe Burrow um, back healthy and back at camp, I bet he was like a baby's arm. I, I can just <laughs> just imagine it now, seeing that sleeper alert pop up and uh, loving it. But yeah, I think obviously Joe Burrow he had a he had a volume driven rookie season. He was QB two in pass attempts. Um, actually, the QB nineteen in fantasy points per game, which. Is lower than I expected, but granted, it was a really tough situation with that that O line and and the teams all. I think that it, the O line was a shambles. It's no no lying about it. Thirty two sacks in ten games, and that's what ultimately cost him his season with that ACL tear. The good news for Burrow is that the O line's a lot better this season. You've got Jonah Williams back. They signed Riley Reef. They, they drafted a guy in round two, Jackson Carmen. Um, and I think this is really important, really key to Joe Burrow actually being a success in the NFL because he's great with a clean pocket, but he's really bad when he gets pressured. Um, like you said, Ali, fantastic situation weapons-wise. Um, that trio of young studs at wide receiver and also um, a guy that I might be touching upon him a little bit later on. So <laughs> that's, that's what I call spoiler alert. Um, I guess the big question, Burrow, it comes back to the rushing and the injury. So last season... QB 28 in rush yards per game. I think like Herbert, it was great to see him used at the goal line, which is a positive, but I just wonder, will this continue? Will he be back from injury at 100% and being his usual self with that? A little bit of rush upside he's got um, touchdown-wise. I see Burrow more as a longer-term play, not a win-now play. Um, I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite because I did take Burrow in a, in a best ball recently, but I think at certain points he does become a value. I think the dynasty cost to acquire him, which is QB nine, I think it was, uh, to get the expected production at QB thirteen. I think we said. I think it's a little bit too much of a price to, if you're looking to win now, in my eyes. But I think just based on this season, QB thirteen, it's it's more than a fair target for him to hit with all these fantastic weapons he's got. So, just want to get your thoughts, Matt, on what you'd consider to be a, a successful fantasy season for Joe Burrow this year for your flag plant to have paid off. Yeah, I'm going to say top 10 quarterback. I think if he can get anywhere in that top 10, I'd say that's a successful season. And I think he's got he's got the upside to, to get a little bit higher than, than 10th as well. So, yeah, I just think with the, the weapons, like we've mentioned, um, the ability that he, he did show in those first 10 games before he got hurt, the improvements that the Bengals have made to this offense. And obviously we've mentioned that the poor defense, so we know there's going to be plenty of pass opportunity. Um, yeah, QB 10, I think that's, that's well within his reach. So... He's going to be get go, finishing a, a few places higher than his current ADP. I'd, I think I class that as a win. Would you, would you agree? Am I, am I top ten? Is that would you would you let me have that one, Kev? 
it's a bit too spicy for me. I think I think <laughs> Ali might like it, but I do like me. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was never going to. I was never going to let you have Joe Burrow, was I? <laughs> I wanted to laugh halfway through, Kev, because you said he's a long-term player. And then every other time, before this this podcast came out, you, you're slagging off how old he is. He's, he takes stuff in. He took God to promise something. I can't remember all jokes. But you're always slagging off his age. And now you're saying he's a, he's a long-term play. He took Najee Harris to prom. <laughs> uh, I love it. Anyway, well, uh, I think we've, we've we've nailed all the quarterbacks. Then I think we're uh, we're all happy with the selections. So we move on now to to the running backs. And Ali, we'll we'll start with your your running back. Yeah, so I'm going to head to America's team. I'm going for Ooh. Zeke Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, bit, you're big fans of this guy. Um, <laughs> Boo to the team, yay to the player. <laughs> so I think it's just someone that has been drafted just a little bit low. Um, I think it's mostly down to the recency bias, the, that big struggle that he had second half of last season. <clears throat> but not everybody remembers that he was the running back three through the first five weeks. And that was obviously with a healthy Dak. They were both putting up absolutely crazy numbers. Um, and then the O-line fell apart last season due to horrendous injuries. Um, PFF had the Cowboys ranked 27th last season. Um, but that was obviously mainly due to the injuries. And They've just ranked them number six entering 2021. So they obviously hope that they're going to be all right and hold together for this season. Um, obviously, 2021 is the return of the DAC. Um, I'm not going to sing the lyrics. Uh, uh, so so with that, I'm, I'm planting my flag on Zeke as a top four or five running back for the season. Um, I think it's going to be getting 300 carries, which he recorded in each of his previous two seasons before the 2020 season. Um uh, <clears throat> so in my recent two tournaments for 2021 Scott Fish and Warrior Bowl, he's been drafted behind Jonathan Taylor, which I think is a, is a bit of a mistake. Um, I love obviously JT and Dynasty, but I'm not getting overhyped in in redraft. I think Marlon Mack returns, and I think he's going to take some carries away from him. You also got Naheem Hines, who also contributes mostly in the passing uh, scenarios. <clears throat> Whereas with with Zeke, I see Pollard as strictly a, a handoff. Um, his snaps were incredibly low uh, when he looked at him when Zeke and Dak were on <clears throat> their early season pace. Um, so I'm excited to draft Zeke this redraft season. He's got we've got no worries from me. Um, I also think he's a bit of a bit of a value in in dynasty formats as well. It's an interesting flag plant, this Ali. I think you're calling calling the Cowboys America's team. It's just trying to get us us fired up to disagree <laughs> on this one. But um I think RB sixteen dynasty cost with the ADP of RB six this year. I think that's it's a no brainer for to to go out and buy him in Dynasty if you're in a win now um situation. I think there's a strong chance he is a top five guy. Um it, it's a small sample but it would look mega with Dak last season. And uh, Zeke feels a little bit like Russell Wilson of running backs where sense of that poor second half of the season, it's clouding people's vision. He, he still finished as a running back nine, despite that um, absolute horror show of QBs that those trotting out last season. Um, the concern with Zeke is running back 17 fantasy points per game, but, I mean, he was in such a bad spot, it's it's hard to hold that against him. He was, uh, looking at his metrics, he was top five in several important metrics, like targets, carries and goal line usage. So I think, that coupled with the fact he's got an excellent injury record, it's it's an ideal play for win now team scout and game. 
think the only other concerns I've got with Zeke is the career yards per game's decreased every season he's been in the NFL. Um, and he's now entering his sixth season, so I just wonder when will it actually catch up with him? I know we, we hear a lot about Derrick Henry, his wheels falling off, but I don't think Zeke will be too far behind him, to be honest. Um, I, you just touched upon uh, JT as well. I think if JT ended up having a career trajectory like Zeke, which is a top six running back four or five times in his career, I think uh, you'd be very happy as a, a Jonathan Taylor owner. But I think uh, going back to, to Zeke, Dynasty running back 16, it's a great price. I fully agree with getting on board for that. I'm torn on the flag point. I think running back six, it is tricky. There's so many good running backs, so it could be, but I get why you've put him there, and he can definitely finish uh, above that. Yeah, I mean, Zeke, he's got plenty going in his favour, and he's uh, bouncing back as a top fantasy running back again in 2021. He's going to get that huge workload. Um, one of the very few workhorse running backs that the, there is left in the NFL. Um, the return of Dak, obviously, like you mentioned, it's going to be massive. We mentioned he was the RB3 before before Dak went down, so he was on pace for another another brilliant season. It's obviously the Dak injury that's that, that threw this entire offence off, really. Um it was somebody that I was I was buying. I know Kev when we spoke about it mid season and moving towards the back end. I was I was still happy to grab him in Dynasty. Um, happy to buy the dip um, in that later part of the twenty twenty season. And to be honest, I'm quite surprised that his, his ADP stayed as low as it has as RB sixteen in Dynasty. Um, but yeah, just going back to to the flag plant, the only concern, like what Kev said, is the fact that he's the RB six. Is there's not a lot of room for him to to outperform that ADP. Um, but but as we mentioned, if you're a win now team in Dynasty, I think it's somebody you've got to grab because he's got he's got top five performance uh, well within his reach for the for this next season. Um, so Ali, if if that ideal situation did happen and, and Zeke returned to be a, a top five running back next year, how much do you think that's actually going to improve his value in in terms of Dynasty? Uh, <clears throat> so in terms of Dynasty, if we're looking at the end of the season, he's going to be a soon soon be 27 year old running back. So. It's not really going to help his dynasty value um, for most players. Most dynasty managers want the shiny young toy, which is obviously Jonathan Taylor, the, the you know the early running backs, which obviously Zeke is not. Um, so, in that case, if he had a top five season, I'd definitely be looking to sell high. Um, uh, <clears throat> he's obviously got one more big money year on his contract left, so. After the 2022 season, the money drops right off and you're looking at 27, 28, 8-year-old running back, which I don't want on my dynasty rosters. And I don't think you guys want either. <laughs> nope. it's, always, it's always a tough one, isn't it? When you're, when you're a contender, you're obviously you're pushing to win the title and you've got these players like Derek Henry and, and Zeke. Do you, do you risk selling them when you've got a chance of winning the title? Or are they, just, are they just these running backs you just want to keep riding into the ground if you if you set up to win, I think you've just got to you've got to stick with them rather than because you're never going to get your your value at the end of the season. Area. That's when people start to to click back on wanting these these young rookie running backs or the younger running backs. So his value, if it does pick up mid season, it's it's almost definitely going to drop again when it gets when it gets to the end. So yeah, it's a it's a tough one, Kev. I know you're just you're eager to jump in and say that I'm the I'm the most <laughs> famous blow it up, even though you're pushing for a title person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it's, it is really interesting about, you keep hearing these these narratives on, on Twitter or you read it in a book or whatever about getting out a year early and if you mm. getting off your running back right at the end. But, I mean, pl playing the game with passion, if you're a contending team, 
you're trying to win a championship. I, I find it really hard to move off a guy like Derrick Henry on a contending team or a guy like Zeke. I just think unless you're, you're absolutely stacked at running back, it's you, you're, you're basically giving up points in your starting lineup. So I, I know it's it's the, the cool thing to do and the, the theory to do, but when you're in that <laughs> when you're in that league and you see that lineup, it's it's really hard to move off these uh, these older running backs that are potentially going to win you another ship. Because that's what we're doing. We're trying to win ships. We're not trying to look cool and get a bit of value, are we? Yeah, that's it. I've got both these guys in in the league. I'm in and I'm pushing for a title and. You're never gonna, like I say, you're never gonna get that return. I say, I've just got to keep riding them out, and yeah, they're they're not sexy, but if they're winning me, to win me that money, I'm not, I'm not too bothered to be honest. Um, so, so we'll move on then to to Kev. Uh, we'll move on to to your running back, who you're planting your flag on for for next season. Yeah, this is a guy that I'm hoping he'll be winning people some money this season. Um, <laughs> I've gone for Joe Mixon, who was running back twelve in, <laughs> I know, in uh, in Dynasty and in in twenty twenty one rankings as well. Um, every year he's one of the most polarizing guys. He's a great guy to talk about, actually. Um, such a roller coaster on him. Um, I was super low on him last season when he was going as running back six in dynasty startups. Um, I called him a two down back on a bad team. I thought the value was gross. Um, we, we did a show actually earlier this year where I compared him to a Big Mac because uh, at, at a five guys price because I felt that what he was paying for him, he wasn't getting that quality as such. But I think I was wrong actually on my burger comparison. I think <laughs> if I had to go back and change it, I'd call Joe Mixon uh, in and out burger just because you get people that are in on him and then they're out on him and then they're back in on him and I think that's just more apt for the name um I think you see it on Twitter there's no middle ground people either want to be on him or they're fully against him they've been burnt in the past my strong view is this is the year where he's gonna pull it all together he's twice finished the top 15 running back um he had an injury shot in 2020 he was on pace to be the RB11 um Six game is a small sample size. He did get 42 points against Jags. But, I mean, if we look at the, the bigger picture, four of the six games were against really tough defences for running backs as well. Cleveland, Philly, Indianapolis and Baltimore. So, I think it's, it's tough to say 42 points against the Jags. That's that's inflating his, his, uh, his performance as such. I think that the pass volume, it's on the rise. He was on a 70 target pace, which... Actually, was a running back five last season, which blows my mind. Um, I think the offense is set to fire, like we said. The O line's improved. There's no Gio Bernard. I see Mixon as a discount Zeke, so he could he could put up a stat line of say 280 rushes, 55 catches, nine touchdowns. And I've got a bold prediction for you: if Joe Mixon plays 17 games this season, I think he'll outscore Zeke. Love it. Ooh, I, can, I might have to take you off on that bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can get behind it, Kev, because as you know, last last season I was I was definitely very high on, on Joe Mixon. Obviously, he made that slow start um before the injury, but it, it was starting to to put it together, like you mentioned, and then obviously the injury came along and, and ended in it. And it helps that I had with my bold prediction it was gonna be a top three running back. I mean, yeah, made me look a, a little bit silly, but I'm gonna blame the injury for that. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to go back to the well with him on 2021. Like we mentioned with Zeke, the opportunity is definitely there for him to be a top fantasy running back next year. And um, Very little behind him in the depth chart. He's got that that workhorse role on tap. 
Um, like you mentioned, Kev, finally starting to to be used more in the passing game, which is which is fantastic. No more Gio Bernard there to to steal targets. I know as a, somebody that was high on mixing, I was getting so frustrated when when you saw it get into the two minute drill and there was no mixing on the field and they were putting Gio Bernard out there. So it's great that he's moved on. Hopefully we can we can get mixing, getting some more targets now. Um, yeah, just a, definitely a flag plant I can get behind is 20, 21 ADP of, of RB12. I think he can he can smash that. Um, even based purely on opportunity alone, he should be a an RB1 in fantasy in 2021. And like we mentioned, he's got that potential top five upside like, like Zeke has. So, yeah, you, you call it a bold prediction, Kev, but I don't think it's too bold. I think it's it's well within his his, uh, his range of outcomes, just maybe not that that top top three running back like I thought he could be last year. <laughs> So I think you're going to love this, Kev, because ever since the show we had we, with our rankings where you outed me for having Mixon <laughs> far too low as my <laughs> running back 19, I, I started looking into Mixon and his situation this year and I certainly need to I need to change my <laughs> rankings. Let me put it that oh, way. I love I, that. <laughs> I, I even, I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday that I put out where I, I put the possible... That runner backs po- could possibly finish as the RB, the overall RB1 this season. And it was obviously the top six guys as normal, but I included Mixon as my wild love card. It. Yeah. And I got, <laughs> I got a bit of stick for it, but I'm standing by it. So love it. Yeah. Uh, so I obviously really like this pick now. Um, this is our, our second Bengal of the show. So I wonder if there's going to be any more. Um, <laughs> I, I do think the opportunity in front of Mixon is obviously enormous in 2021. As you mentioned, they've got the improved O-line. Um, and I think that unbelievable passing attack they've got will help open up the middle of the field for Mixon. And obviously, the biggest positive for me is, is Gio Bernard going and getting himself a, a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers this season. Uh, <laughs> wise move. <laughs> and good for Mixon as well. Um, so I think a lot of them targets will naturally now go to Mixon. And he's not got much competition when you look at... He's got P. Ryan and... Trevion Williams, it's not exactly something to get scared about, is it? Um, my only concern is is the health. Obviously, that foot injury that cost him most of last season. But but for me, the opportunity is there, certainly for an RB1 season. And clearly, I think maybe the overall RB1. But I'm certainly more comfortable with him as a high RB2. Um, so just with that, with Mixon being drafted as a back-end RB1, would you be happy rolling into 2021 with Mixon as your RB1? It's going to sound controversial, but no. I think, in my eyes, the way I attack sort of building my dynasty team, I want to have the the elite running backs if I'm going to be contending as such. I think when I'm in a startup, I'm taking running back early, which means if I'm getting Mixon, it'll be my running back too. And I think in your existing leagues, there's still that doubt that uh, you'll notice on my uh, ball prediction, I said if he plays 17 games, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's injury prone at all because he's only missed a couple of games, a um, couple of seasons. But it's a little bit like a little bit like Dalvin Cook in the sense that you know that there's a high chance he's going to miss a couple of games, and they could be crucial games at the back end of the season. So I think I'm absolutely over the moon if he's my running back two, but running back one. It's just a little bit too risky for how I like to prioritise running back. Um, yeah, I think I agree. It's it's funny with Mixon because he's somebody that's obviously clearly got talent, but it always seems to to be letting you down a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, he's finished RB13, RB10 is his best two finishes. 
I'm just waiting for him to to make that push and and be a top running back like we know we are. We know he can be, but come on, Kev. This is this is the year. We've got, Kev on, we've got Kev on board this year, so that's giving me a bit more confidence. If if Kevin can, Kev can get back on board, I think I think we're in for a good season. Choo choo. <laughs> so we'll we'll move on to to my running back, and I've gone for a guy that I've spoke about a few times actually this off season. It's it's Austin Eckler. Um, I'm absolutely falling in love with the guy for 2021. I feel like the upside that he could have, it can be huge next season. Um, had obviously a disappointing 2020 season due to the injuries, but he was the RB12 in, in fantasy points per game. He was he would have been the RB9 in fantasy points per game if we take the guys that, that played over half a season. So it's just the injuries really that, that derailed what could have been a, a great season for him. Um, he was on pace to see the most carries and most targets that he's had in a season last year. Um like we mentioned earlier, the, the Chargers addressing that O-line, I think that's going to be huge for Eckler, um, tied to Herbert, who we know is a, a gunslinger. So that's going to keep opposing defences honest as well. Um, I've compared him a few times to being an Alvin Kamara light. Um, and when I did the breakdown of the two, they're really closely matched when it comes to performance and efficiency stats. It's just the touchdowns really that, that let Eckler down. He, he's a long way behind Kamara and and that's the thing that's holding him back. But for, for the price you get him compared to, to Kamara, I think he's an absolute smash. And like I said, somebody that I'm, I'm absolutely falling in love with. If, if I'm a win-now dynasty team and I can get him at that, that ADP of RB17 in dynasty, um, I'm doing it all day long. Admittedly, it's 2021 ADP is RB7. But like I've mentioned, the, the upside that he has, I think I think he can still outperform that, that ADP. Yeah, and for me, I think he's going to have a... A big season, so an Alvin Kamara type season. Uh, I love the link to to Joe Lombardi, the new OC coming in. He's obviously worked with the likes of Kamara and Reggie Bush in New Orleans, so it's a good sign. And when you draft an Eckler as your RB seven, I think you need him to have a return to his twenty nineteen season where he was fantastic. Um, but obviously, it might not be as easy as that. But when you look at Eckler, when he returned from his his injury in 2020, um, so through weeks 12 to 17, he was the RB6 in PPR format. So it just showed that he came back from that injury really well. Um, and actually, I, I didn't realise he's he's quite sneaky old. He's 26 years old. I thought he was younger than that. Um, but he's, I don't think he's going to be a workhorse, and I, I hope he's not going to be the workhorse. Um, I think if he c- continues being his sort of receiving back, um, then obviously he's going to play longer at a high level. So for me, um, middle to a low RB1, I think is his, his floor, as long as he stays healthy for the season. Um, so he's someone that I'm definitely confident drafting as, as my RB1 heading into 2021. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this, Matt. Uh, Eckler's my hero RB in FFCC. And just to <laughs> give a bit of context to what that is, it's where you take a running back early. And then you fade the position for several rounds before filling it up, filling it up with guys towards the back end. So um, I guess I've planted my flag on him in the FFCC. Um, running back 17, 2021, at a running back 17 cost in Dynasty. Again, it's like Zeke, it's a no-brainer. He's, he's already been a top five running back in 2019. Um, despite injury last season, he was on running back 12 pace. Um, fantasy-wise, I love the pass usage. Yeah, he's been on pace for 100 targets last two seasons. And um, it's pretty funny, actually. It was the running back eight in targets, and that's including the six games that he missed as well. So um, <laughs> he gets it funneled to him. Um, <laughs> we mentioned the O-line uh, upgrade on Herbert. Also, as well, I think Hunt Henry leaving and Jared Cook coming in, it's a slight bump to him. I think Henry's better than Cook at this stage of his career. Um, 
Personal with Eckler, I think he's in that RB1. He's, he's got RB1 in his range of outcomes with that pass game usage. Um, I was actually fuming at a, a trade in my home league with, with Eckler. The guy that won it last season, he managed to trade for Austin Eckler for a late first. Um, oh. And the guy that sold him, it was um, a guy that maybe <laughs> we've got on our show next week. Uh, so oh. that, that's uh, an interesting one. But, uh, yeah, uh, the biggest concern for me with Eckler is the workload. I think smaller guy at 5'10", 200 pounds. Um, his best season when he was the lightning to Melvin Gordon's thunder. Um, and then th- the worry with that is that currently there's no competent backup on the charges and the new coach might favour giving him a bigger workload. So I, I just wonder, Matt, what level of injury concern would you have if the charges planned on using Eckler as a workhorse? Yeah, I think you've got to be worried if he does get too big a workload. Um it's not the biggest guy like you've just mentioned and it's one of those wet, rare running backs where you actually don't want him to have that many that many touches really he's more valuable as a guy that that sees less touches um especially if he's, he's being made to run in between the tackles that's that's something you definitely don't want with a guy like Eckler. you want to keep him fresh and, and make the most uh, make the most of the the best traits that he has like that explosiveness and the ability to to get out wide and and just use the the speed that he has so yeah he's you don't really want him having that many carries in all honesty um he's carrying it out wide that's obviously that's it's going to be a lot easier on his body but i'm not sure how many hits he can take in in the middle of the field so yeah i'm kind of hoping maybe somebody like um josh kelly can take a step forward at running back or larry roundtree obviously the, the rookie that they've got in if, if one of those two guys can just manage to 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 keep him fresh keep him on the sidelines every now and again let him get a breather and then Hopefully, Eckler can can do all the damage in the passing game like uh, like he has done for for the last few seasons. So, with that, we'll we'll move on to wide receiver, and it, it links in quite nicely because we're we're sticking with the same team. Ali, who's your wide receiver that you plant your flag on? We are. We and yes, yeah, another charger. I'm going for <clears throat> Keenan Allen. Uh, <laughs> The da- not Matt Williams. I thought you were going to say Matt Williams. <laughs> the name wouldn't get in my head quick enough. <laughs> but yeah, it's Keenan Allen, the dynasty wide receiver 12, and he's wide receiver 9 in 2021 ADP. So, honestly, I think I'm perhaps a secret Chargers fan. Uh, I certainly do love their new jerseys. I think they can look sick this yeah. year. Um, and this is this pick is also linked a lot to my quarterback pick earlier with Justin Herbert. Um, I think these two can be every bit as good as Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs from 2020. So that's a bit of a hot take. Um, I think Keenan Allen is forever undervalued every season. He goes into the drafts and you can take him at a pretty good, pretty good value. Um, so last season, last season with, uh, for fantasy was his worst, sorry, was for fantasy his worst in LA, um, but he still saw 147 targets in just 14 games. So, just for whatever reason, the yards per catch was was down. But for me, I think that's an outlier. Um, he's still going to be the dominant one, wide receiver one on the team. He's got the great chemistry with Justin Herbert already in his rookie year. So um, in 2020, he was only second to Devontae Adams in targets per game with 10.5 um, and fifth in total targets on the season. That's despite missing two full games. Um, and he also got injured in another game. So for me, he's one of the safest, safest wide receivers this offseason. And I think his upside is just enormous. Yeah, I, I'm on board with flag plan on Keenan as well. I think um, he would have been in, in consideration for me as well. Um, 
I'm still a bit hurt by him costing me multiple semis uh, last year when he was screaming, don't sit me before um, playing like a tool. Um, but it's it's a new season. You've got to dust yourself off and we, we do go again. So I'm not going to hold it against him too much. Um, he's seen as a floor guy is Keenan Allen, uh, but the volume actually drives the ceiling to 135 targets in the last four years. Um, it is interesting. He's got a new coach and that new OC. It's potentially a concern, but it's potentially an opportunity as well. Um, I'm not big fans of the other wide receivers, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Um, I mean, one of the funniest uh, narratives I, I read is about big Mike Williams, the fact that he's the X receiver and Joe Lombardi likes the X receiver and he's going to funnel him loads of targets. Um, it's just hilarious. I mean, targets go to talent. You earn them targets. Um, he's never had a, a 50 catch season, so he might have a career year with 60 catches. Lol. Um, but back to Keenan Allen, I, I do agree. I think uh, for him to outscore wide receiver nine in 2021, it's it's. I, I think it's going to happen. Um, he was wide receiver seven in fantasy points per game last season, and that's with a, a new QB and a terrible O-line. So I think he's a great cost at wide receiver 12 for your win-now teams. Yeah, I think it only makes sense, doesn't it, that we, we talk about Alan after just typing up uh, Herbert. Like I mentioned, I've got I've got Herbert in the Warrior Bowl and I, and I stacked him up with uh, with Alan. So loving loving the stacks. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's an offense that's it's going to throw the ball a load in in twenty twenty one, and it's usually key and Alan that, that's coming down with those those passes. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be a great season for him. Um, He's only four catches short of his his record last season. That was despite missing two games and then leaving another two early. Um, so double-digit targets in 10 out of the 14 games he did start. So, like I say, he's just an absolute target monster. Um, genuinely think he could have his, his best season ever next season, like Ali mentioned. Maybe not quite up to, to the height of Diggs, but but who knows? I think he, he's got it in him. Um, definitely getting my seal of approval on this one, Ali. I think it's a, a great flag plant. Um, so, so given how, how high you and obviously the the rest of us seem to be high on this uh, LA Chargers offense, um, do you think he's got a shot of actually being the wide receiver one in twenty twenty one? I do actually. I think he's got an outside shot. I think the targets per game in Justin Herbert's rookie season tells you that um, he's a pure target hog on this offense, averaging the ten point five catches per game, which is fantastic. So that's everything you want in your wide receiver one and. Obviously, to finish as the wide receiver one, you do need things to fool your way. But I think he's in that group of about seven or eight wide receivers who can finish as the wide receiver one. So, again, I tweeted that out a few weeks ago and I did get some flack for missing off a few players. <laughs> but uh, for me, there's only a small group of players who fit into that criteria to finish as a wide receiver one overall. But that group definitely, for me, includes Keenan Allen. Love it. We're clearly high on all LA Chargers players, aren't we? That's, that's three now we've mentioned. So I think, Kev, we, we need to move on to your player because I know you're, you're finally going to bring us a, a different team. Who have you gone for your, for your wide receiver? I've just got a quick question for Al. You know that post you made about uh, players that could finish wide receiver one overall? Did I reply to it with this guy? You I can't did, remember if I did or if I kept it on my I can't remember. He don't, you tweeted, he don't remember you your a, tweets, Kev. He don't care about your tweets. <laughs> you tweeted a funny one, and then you said no, you weren't serious. So I think you did actually ask on the bottom of that. So yeah. this is definitely a flag plant from a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, I think I said Jalen Waddle that originally, and then I uh... <laughs> yeah, that's not DJ Chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, um, 
this is a guy that I was going to keep under my hat, but I just I just love this guy. Um, Alan Robinson, uh, Dynasty wide receiver 14, he's wide receiver 10 for this season. Um, I've literally been planting the flag on this guy since he came out of the womb. Um, if he retired tomorrow, he's had a fantastic career. He's, he's had three wide receiver one seasons with some of the worst real-life QBs to, to walk the earth. Um, Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles. It just proves that Alan Robinson is quarterback proof. I think if you stick him in Green Bay over a guy like Devontae Adams, it'll, it would perform at that level or even better. I think he is that talented. He's been so unlucky with situations he's been in. And now he's easily getting the best QB of his career in Justin Fields. Um, I don't think it'll be long before Fields is starting. Um, and that appeal of A-Rob, it's going to stay the same with that volume. He's been top three in targets and targets per game the past couple of seasons. Um, the QB upgrade, like I said, is, is massive. Um, I think outside of um, 2015, when he had 14 touchdowns, he averages around six. But I think with this better QB play, I, I can see him getting double digits, 10 touchdowns with uh, a better offense. Um, I think a better QB as well will lead to better efficiency. So he might not need the 150 targets to get 100 catch season with fields. He might get 120 on 150. So we'll have to see about that as well. I, I genuinely believe he's got wide receiver one overall upside. Um, I think touchdowns will need to go in his favor because, like I said, he averages around six, a little bit like Keenan Allen in that sense where if he has a 14 touchdown season like Devontae Adams, he's going to be well in with a shout out wide receiver one. Um, so I'm happy to pay 2022 first and second to go and get a Rob the man. Love it. Yeah, a little bit like Keenan Allen. It feels like Robinson's always underrated and despite being one of the most targeted wide receivers in, in the NFL. Um, again, in a, a great situation for 2021, like I just mentioned, Kevy's he's easily the number one target in, in Chicago. Even if you think a guy like, like Mooney can take a step forward, I still think that Robinson's clearly going to be the, the number one target in this offense. The Bears rank ninth in pass attempts per game, so there should be plenty of volume again for him next season. The addition of Fields obviously huge. I'm just hoping that he becomes a starter over Andy Dalton a lot quicker than people in, in the community seem to think. So I've seen people saying more than half a season for Dalton, maybe even a full season for Dalton. I really hope not. I really hope we can see see Fields um, playing and and hopefully unlocking a little bit more potential in Robinson that we, we've yet to see, um, especially in, in the end zone. But yeah, overall, I think it's a another great flag plant, another really solid player that can, can have a big season. Yeah, this is a, a popular pick for me because he's by far my most owned wide receiver in Dynasty League, so... And like you said, his list of quarterbacks that he's played with is is rather laughable. Um, just imagine it, if he, the kind of ceiling that he would have had if, as you mentioned, if he'd have had Aaron Rodgers as quarterback for his career. Um, so the sooner Justin Fields is the starter, I think the better for Robinson. Um, his last two finishes of wide receiver seven, wide receiver nine, I think that's probably his ceiling. Um, but he's also incredibly safe. So I'm very happy if I have to have him as my wide receiver one heading into 2021. Um even more so now that Anthony Miller has departed, um, that 76 departed targets, which is a nice number. And there's really only Robinson, you've got Mooney, who might or might not step up the season, and the tight ends who are going to benefit. So for me, <clears throat> the only weird stat for Robinson is the touchdown. So he's only had 17 in his past three seasons. So for me, for him to get to the upper wide receiver one level, he's going to have to break double digit touchdowns for sure, um, which he's only done once in his career. But for this season going forward, I certainly can't rule it out. 
So quick question back to you, Kev. Um, with Robinson playing on the franchise tag in 2021, are you hoping that he signs long-term in Chicago? And does his value take a hit if he was to move on to a new team in 2022? Yeah, so if you asked me this before the draft, I would have said that it, it might be beneficial for him to move on to a, a better offence. But actually, I think sticking in Chicago, it's great for two reasons. The first one is the volume's going to be consistent. I, I'm not a huge fan of... The other weapons in the offense, I think they're fine, but they're not going to really threaten his alpha status. And then the second thing is Justin Fields, best QB of his career. He's going to grow with Justin Fields. I think it honestly, I wish I wish we went back. I wish Justin Fields came into the league the same time as Arm Robinson, because that would have just been <laughs> amazing. But I still think he can have a solid couple of seasons with Justin Fields. So um I want him to stick in Chicago. If he does move, he'd, he'd have to move down in my rankings, I think. I, I find it really hard for him to get this sort of volume on another team. And and he could end up somewhere with, with like a garbage man like Jalen Hurts throwing to him. So we're not, <laughs> I was we're about not to him. say that. <laughs> I doubt it. will not be a lead for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robinson's not going to play in uh, XFL, is it? <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's just hope that Chicago finally pay him and, and he can stay in Chicago with Fields because, like you said, it's it's going to be the best quarterback he's ever had in his career. And, yeah, it's exciting times if he, if he does stick with uh, with Fields. Um, so we'll move on to, to my wide receiver. And I've gone a little bit deeper now. We've, we've talked about guys just outside that, that wide receiver one range. I've gone a little bit deeper. I've gone for T Higgins as, as my flag plan. His, his dynasty ADP is wide receiver 20. His 2021 ADP is wide receiver 25. Um, I feel like he's been massively overlooked for the 2021 season. I mean, we, we spoke at length about the Cincinnati, Cincinnati offense when we spoke about so I'll, I'll not mention too much about that again, but I'll just focus on Higgins a little bit more. He was on pace to be the wide receiver 10 when, when Burrow was healthy, ranked 10th in deep targets, 24th in air yards, had 108 targets. So as a rookie, just just fantastic numbers for, for a rookie wide receiver. He's also a big guy as well, six foot four, 210 pounds. He's, he's the biggest wide receiver um, in, in this offense. So he's going to be good in the, in the red zone as a red zone target. Um, he was actually quite efficient last season in the red zone. He had 12 targets for 10 receptions and six touchdowns with those those 10 receptions. So really effective in, in the red zone again as a, as a rookie. I think that's a, a great sign. Now, I know obviously they've, they've just drafted Jamar Chase and it's a guy that I've spoke about a lot as being somebody I really like as a prospect. But I just feel like we're maybe overreacting a little bit too much to the fact that they've brought him in. Everyone's expecting now that it's a given that he's going to have this Justin Jefferson-like rookie season because he was obviously a better player at LSU than Jefferson. So that automatically means that he's going to be the best wide receiver we've ever, we've ever seen. <laughs> um, but to be honest, I wouldn't be too shocked if he made a bit of a slow start. I mean, he's, he's not played a, a competitive game of football since January t- uh, 13 in 2020. So, so for like a year and a half, getting even more when it gets to the start of the season. And is that maybe something that we, we need to consider um, for, for somebody like Chase coming in as a, as a rookie? Um, it remains to be seen, but I just think we're overreacting a little bit too much. I mean, it's it's great that, that the Bengals have got another fantastic ride, Steve. It's it's, it's going to help Higgins as, as much as it's going to harm him, I feel. So, yeah, I think he's been really underrated at an ADP of wide receiver 25. I'd, I'd be shocked if he, if he do not beat that ADP. Yeah, honestly, the, these three wide receivers that we've picked out, they're literally three of my wide, favourite wide receivers in, in real life and, and in fantasy. So T Higgins is my second most owned wide receiver in Dynasty. Um, I took a hell of a lot of shares 
of him last season. Uh, so naturally, I wasn't very happy when Chase got drafted <laughs> to Cincinnati. Um, but I still really, I still see so much upside for the Higgins, who I think is going to be the wide receiver one on this team in 2021. So it, for me, this is a bit of a bold shout for a flag plant. It's, I don't see him making a huge jump, but that's only because of Chase being there now. But I can't see how he's not going to outdo his ADP this season. Um, there's going to be that huge pass volume for all of these receivers, including um, Tyler Boyd. Uh, and then you've got the Bengals D. This is still a work in progress. So you've got to expect Burrow to have to throw a ton this season. Um, so I'd actually expect his numbers of targets to go up this season from 108. He had quite modestly last season. And that's that's even with Chase now in the lineup. Yeah, it's going to feel like I hate on all your Bengals, Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm not sold on this flag plan for 2021. And, and I'm assuming that both you guys are Tiggins over Jamar Chase for this season. But uh, I'm one of those guys that are overreacting. <laughs> I'm probably in the other camp with um, Jamar Chase, potentially being top 15 wide receiver from this season. I think Chase does hurt him short term in my eyes, I think. Um Teagans, he was fantastic in 2020. He was very solid with terrible QBs, uh, wide receiver 28. But maybe it's overlooked the fact that he was wide receiver 40 in fantasy points per game. So I'm still filming on Higgins in Dynasty, but it doesn't fit what I want in a flag plant, which is um, someone that's more expensive to buy than the short-term projection. I think there is a chance he finishes top 25 this season. Uh, look back to last season's Carolina Panthers with the three guys they had in the top 25. Um, it, you think Higgins is is probably as good, <laughs> if not more talented than a guy like Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Higgins' longer-term play is, is what he is for me. I think he will struggle the most from the addition of Jamar Chase. I think he made a great point, Matt, about 18 months. It, it did get me thinking a little bit, but God, I love Jamar Chase. I think it's just a <laughs> Me shame. Too, mate. Me too. It, it's just a shame that Chase did go there um, for Higgins because I think without Jamar Chase, I'd have Higgins literally level with CD Lamb. So I, I just want to know if if everything falls into place for Higgins this season, what do you think he's ceiling? And how do you think that would affect his ADP moving into next year? Yeah, I think it can be a high-end wide receiver two and, and getting right to the top of that wide receiver two range. I think the, the volume's going to be there. Like I mentioned, the red zone targets as well. I think that's going to be great for his his fantasy production. Um, I'd honestly be really shocked if he doesn't finish as a, a wide receiver two next season. Um, and I expect his ADP to, to creep up on the back of that. I think it'll get up to around the wide receiver 15 mark, which is coincidentally where, where I've got him in my rankings, actually. So, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm a year ahead of myself, but I do think that it can it can climb that ADP um, of wide receiver 20 and, and push up a, a few spots. Just just looking forward to seeing him play next season, see how it all plays out. Um, like we mentioned, we, we, we like this offense clearly. We, we've spoke about, again, this is his third guy on, on the Bengals, so... Overall, I just think it's a an offense that that I'm looking to invest in, and and Teagans is is that guy that I'm I'm investing in at the moment. <laughs> so we're going to move on to to the tight ends now. This is not the most exciting place to finish, as it's a, it's always a tough one with these flag plants. But Ali, we'll we'll go on to your tight end. Do you planting your flag on for next season? 
<laughs> so here we go. So <laughs> let's build the suspense. It. It's going to be a shock. This one when the listeners hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's someone that I keep banging on about. It's it's Col <laughs> Comet, uh, Dynasty Titan Twenty, and he's going as the Titan Seventeen in redraft format. So. I can literally sense the slaughter that I'm going to get for, <laughs> for Kamet on this one. <laughs> and and now the, the bloody news yesterday that the Bears, <laughs> the Bears have added yet another tight end in Jesse James. So I think they must have double-digit tight ends now. It's absolutely ridiculous. But um, but for me, it's not much of a concern. I think Jesse James is a good blocking tight end. Um, he's only had 49 targets in his previous two seasons. So I think he's more competing for the backup role. And maybe they now cut Jimmy Graham. Who knows? Um, anyway, this is my flag plot, and this is uh, this is the year for Cole Komet for me. Much like Alan Robinson, I think Anthony Miller's departure helps him with some vacated targets. And then you look at the wide receiver course; not not exactly loaded like the Buccaneers. Sorry to keep bringing them up. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're looking at Alan Robinson, you know, second year Darnell Mooney, who Kev's not exactly on on, uh, and then it's literally nobody. So. I think Komet's going to have a big role in this offense. And then you've got Justin Fields coming in. It's going to be a big upgrade. And I think he's going to start fairly early in the season. Um, and then you look at last season, Komet in his rookie year saw his playing time really ramp up in the second half of the season. So the first first nine games, he's just averaging a 34% snap percentage. Um, and then after the bye week, it ramped right up to 87%, um, which also he... It combined with his targets going up, not hugely, but average five and a half targets for the final six games. It just shows an increased trust in Komet for me. And in year two, I expect him to have a bigger part of the offense. Um, so, so for me, I'm excited and I'm <laughs> planting my flag. <laughs> Bring on the criticism. <laughs> a lo loosely planted flag. <laughs> now, I think it's it's really strange ranking this. The fact that a sophomore tight end uh, is going earlier in 2021 than in dynasty rankings. It's just really strange. Um, I think Komet is, is not someone who gets me pumped up. He, he had a decent rookie season, 28 catches, which... If we zoom out a little bit, that's more than double of a guy that we all love in Adam Troutman. So maybe it was a better rookie season than we're giving him credit for. Um, although with Troutman, I do much prefer his situation, especially after the Michael Thomas news. But but back to Komet, I think he can be a borderline Titan one in time. Uh, will he beat his Titan 17 this year? Yeah, I think he will, actually. I think 50 catches was the Titan 14 last year and 50 catches in range room this season. Um, personally... I don't think Anthony Miller affects Komet, but I think behind Robinson, there's definite opportunity. Um, I mean, <laughs> Darnell Mooney. Honestly, it, it just drives me nuts when you see <laughs> you see all these all these threads on Twitter and all these shout outs about Darnell Mooney to the moon and all them rocket emojis. And it, it, I don't get it. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere in in your drafts. You don't go anywhere near the ISO. I think there's people just having a bit of fun on Twitter to try and get clicks, but um, I think you can be confident in this flag plant alley with uh, Cole Komet. It's just not one that gets me hyped up. 
Yeah, I, I really want to believe in this Cole Komet breakout this year, but every time an opportunity seems to open up and another one seems to be taken away from him, I mean, yeah, the the, the Miller departure, it felt like it could potentially result in more targets for Komet, but then they bring in another tight end, like you mentioned in Jesse James. Even if he is only a blocking tight end, it's still going to eat into the opportunity that Komet's going to get to, to be on the field and impress. So, like I say, I think it, it's still going to affect him, even if it's not as taking targets away from him, it's taking playing time away from him, which... I think it's going to be big for such a young tight end that's that's trying to impress. I'm just praying that the Bears cut some of these tight ends. Like I mentioned, there's so many of them, but if they can cut loose somebody like Jimmy Graham, who obviously was holding Komet back a little bit in his rookie season, if they can get rid of him, then hopefully it at least opens up more passing opportunities for Komet um, and obviously leading to him seeing more playing time. Like I've mentioned, I think he can outperform this this ADP of tight end 17 just because it's... It's so easily done, isn't it, when you talk about tight ends. If he's getting a, a, a nice amount of volume, then he can quite easily get into that top 15 tight ends. Um, and also, like I mentioned, I'm a little bit surprised that his, his 2021 ADP is lower than his, his dynasty ADP because we know tight ends, they, they take time to develop. So it's it's a strange one. But anyway, my question to you, Ali, is if Andy Dalton is the, the week one starter, um, does the longer he remains the starter, does that lower your expectations for Komet? Or do you maybe see Dalton as the, the better quarterback for Komet? Or is it is it Justin Fields? Who, who, who would you prefer? Just quickly, did you see the picture of Andy Dalton this week? <laughs> what a beard. <laughs> He's going for the Ryan Fitzpatrick, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, just, just going on last season, uh, I think Komet's uptick in work and targets was actually when Trubisky was in the was the starter down the stretch. So obviously he's a more mobile quarterback compared to good old Nick Foles, um, who was the quarterback early on in the season. So, but I think I'd actually prefer Fields for the whole season. But honestly, I, I don't think it changes too much who is the, the quarterback. Obviously Dalton is by far the less aggressive quarterback. So does that mean shorter passes to the area of the field where Komet's working in? Maybe. Um but I think Fields generally is a huge upgrade for all the receivers on the team. He's going to be far more aggressive. Um, so I think and I hope that it's going to be Fields for most of the season. Yeah, that, that's both of you then, hoping that, that we can get Fields on, on the field. Um, obviously for, for, for Kevs Robinson's plant and, and your Komet plant. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I've seen lots of people saying Dalton's going to get it a long time, but hopefully not. Um We'll move on to your tight end then, Kev. Who've you, who've you, who are you planting your flag on um, in regards to the tight end position? Yeah, I've gone for Gerald Everett, who's a dynasty tight end 27, but uh, 2021 tight end 22. I just think it's really tricky at tight end to plant a flag, especially when you're talking about a guy that's going to be um, a target for win now contends in dynasty. I think if you're a big contender, you want to have a top four tight end to really stand out so you're not playing catch up at, at that spot, especially in a competitive league as well. But this selection of Everett is more about the value going up in 2021 and the possibility that you could start with him and then trade him up for uh, one of those top four guys I mentioned with a, within a package. Um, I think the bare numbers that he's put up in his career is nothing special. He's had four seasons. He's not hit a top 20. He's not hit 100 fancy points yet. But I think it's really interesting that he followed the OC Shane Waldron to the Seahawks. Um, also, there's a narrative about let Russ cook that he, he, he wasn't allowed to pass as much as he should. But in 2020, it was actually his highest pass volume in his career with 558. Um, I think outside of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, 
you've still got over a 50% target share to divide up with the rest of the team. And I think even if you got like, I don't know, 15%, you'd get 84 targets, which 84 targets is a tight end 13 uh, in targets, which if you just performed at that, it's crushing his ADP. I think there's no wide receiver free of consequence right now. In time, it could be Eskridge, but 2021, I'm taking Everett. Um, essentially, what you're looking for at Titan in my eyes is volume and athleticism, and he's a big tick on both of those. And then just to try and wind Matt up, I do also like <laughs> his former teammate, Tyler Higby, as well. No, <laughs> you, you did so well until that last sentence, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, you lost me. I knew um... you were following me, so I thought <laughs> I'll, I'll stick that in. <laughs> Um, now we have, I've been waiting for, for Everett to be a thing for what feels like forever now, a former second round pick in, in 2017. I'm, I'm really hoping that this move now unlocks him. He, he showed flashes alongside uh, that garbage man Higby uh, on the Rams. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that he can now get that volume and, and show that athleticism to, to be a solid fancy tight end. Uh, the position account for 104 targets in this offense last year. So if Everett can lock himself in as as that starting tight end, um, hopefully he can, he can get a decent enough amount of volume to, to put up those solid numbers. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not going to expect him to be the next great fantasy tight end, but given the fact that his, his ADP in 2021 is the tight end, tight end 22 is it? Tight end 22. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't outperform that in all honesty, a little bit like I mentioned with Komet, if he's if he's getting that volume, then it can easily outperform that ADP. Yeah, I think this is another bold bold shout, but I can certainly see the argument forever. Uh, tight ends are really tough outside of the top five, so what you're looking for is the opportunity, is what tight ends need to be able to break out, and I think Everett's got a better opportunity now. Um, I think so looking at the stats, Seattle ranked middle of the pack for passing attempts in 2020. In fact, the LA Rams ranked slightly higher, but in terms of his position, he's obviously got a lot less competition. Uh, last season, it was obviously difficult to know whether it was Higby that needed to be the starter in the week or was it Everett. Um, so, and then unless we get a magical Will Disley season from the early 2019, then then Everett's going to be the guy. Uh, we've, we've obviously seen how athletic he is for such a big man. And then he's connecting up with Russell Wilson. So that's a massive upgrade on Jared Goff. Goff averages 25 passing touchdowns the last four seasons and compare that to Wilson, who's on 35 a season. So that's the whole 10 touchdowns more. And then DK and Lockett, they're not going to catch all of those. So uh, you've also got Chris Carson, the most receiving touchdowns he's had is four. So the tight ends are certainly going to have plenty of touchdown upside. So um, you were certainly on Everett really early, Kev. And I think He's actually got massive opportunity to to outdo his ADP. So for me, this is a really clever pick. Uh, so my question to you is: Is there any is there any concerns that he's never broke out in his in his four seasons with the Rams? So obviously, his top finish, as you say, is tight end twenty two. I'm not too concerned. I think coming into the NFL, obviously, it was all about his athleticism. But he played his college ball at South Alabama, which means that. It'll have been a really raw prospect coming out. And uh, like I mentioned about tight end, it's all about athleticism and opportunity. I think with the Rams, he didn't really get that full pie. And I think he's going to get the full pie here for the Seahawks. So I guess what he's put up so far is not great, but I really see this as an opportunity to get him at the last spot as a, as a buy low before his value rockets. Um, and we've seen it before at tight ends. It can be slow burners and you can get these 
sort of all of a sudden breakouts from guys like Darren Waller or your guy's favourite boy who got an extension, Logan Thomas? <laughs> Another shocking piece of news. <laughs> the worst bit of news that's come out in the last two weeks. And we've had we two have to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought I got away with that one. Um, but no, Kev, I think that's going to be a great... I think all the listeners are going to agree that's a, a good selection. He's become a popular late tight end to target anti in, in a lot of drafts this this off season, so yeah, I think I think the listeners are are going to like that one. And you just mentioned about athleticism and opportunity, and that leads me on nicely to the tight end that I've gone for. I've gone for Jonu Smith. Um, his dynasty tight end fourteen and his twenty twenty ADP is the same um, tight end fourteen. Like I've mentioned, it's it's not a great position to to be planting a flag on, but you've made me pick one. So I've gone for Jonu Smith, a guy we've not really spoke about a great deal this off season, but. He's a guy that I'm, I'm really starting to like. My hopes are, are building for him. Um, he's a guy that I really liked last season as well. Obviously, didn't quite play out for him last year, but I'm, I'm hoping he can bounce back now in a, a new situation in 2021. Um, obviously, joining the, the the Patriots. The fact that they then signed Hunter Henry straight after was an absolute gut punch, but I still do think that Smith can shine in this offense. Um, he's, a, he's a big athletic tight end, like I've just mentioned, who could be used all over the field. Um, and, he, and he's shown that during his time with the Titans. Um, he's a red zone threat. He ranked uh, fifth in red zone targets last last season. That's despite having a, what was a, a poor season for him. Um, and Bill Belichick as well. He's been on record stating just how much he, he loves Smith in the past. So it was no surprise to to see him end up with the Patriots. And I mean, in doing that, they've made him the third highest paid tight end in the NFL behind only Kittle and Kelsey. So putting the money where the mouth is and, and they're paying this guy. In fact, they're, they're paying him more than the actual new projected wide receiver one in um, in Nelson Aguilar. So clearly got uh, big things big things in mind for, for Jonah Smith. And you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him emerge as the number one target on this offense. And, and with that kind of opportunity, like we've, we've just mentioned, that's what makes these, these top fantasy tight ends. Um, I think this offense can easily take a step forward on what it was last season because it was such a mess last year. Um, Cam Newton's now getting a full off-season in this offence. Um, he appears to be getting back to, to full percent after struggling still with that shoulder injury. Um, yeah, I think he's got a... Jonah's got a great shot of being a, a tight end one in fantasy in my eyes, based purely on the opportunity he's going to get. And yeah, I think he can outperform this ADP. Yeah, it's, again, tight end is such a, a difficult position to f- plant your flag on. If you're not, if you're saying you can't pick any of the top five guys, it is tough. So we're having to go really bold here. And it was a, t- a tough blow the fact that Johnny Smith and and Hunter Henry both ended up at the Patriots. If it was uh, just one of them, we'd have been all over it. But um, but you yeah, actually digging deeper, I think this passing offense could actually run through these two guys. Um, Joni's incredibly athletic. Uh, it's more like a wide receiver, isn't he? He can be lined up anywhere. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who ends up as the starting quarterback and and how that affects Joni going forward. Um, and I can actually honestly see such a li- large range of outcomes for Joni this year that it's hard to project his numbers. Um, positives, obviously, are the lack of really good wide receivers. So Nelson Aguilar, I think, projects as a wide receiver one. So that tells you all you need to know about that. <laughs> Uh, but you're you're a braver man braver man than me the projecting anything on this offense in 2021 there's so many question marks um but Joni he's been drafted so low that it's it's certainly worth that late grab knowing that they they've gave him such a big payday to acquire him that surely they're going to utilize him heavily 
uh, in the game plan. So again, I think I think this is a really good pick and someone that I'm going to target in all my my redrafts this season. Yeah, John, who was one of my most owned dynasty tight ends last season. Um, yeah, it has dipped a little bit. I did get out of him in a few places in the sheer panic after <laughs> after the uh, Hunter Henry signing. But um, I think just looking at John, who has improved every year in the league. Uh, last season, he was tight end 15. Um, and like Everett, I mentioned, he came from a small school as well, Florida International. So um, obviously, he's a raw guy. He's, um take takes a, a bit longer to sort of get up to speed with the NFL. Um, but he's, he's still only 25 and it's understandable the slow growth he's had. Um, like, like you've touched upon, I think we was all super excited for that, like, half a day where he signed <laughs> before Hunter Henry signed. Um, but actually, Hunter Henry's got better draft capital and NFL production. Um, I'm just gutted because Jonu's upside is crazy. Um I think it is interesting, though, because we, we don't actually know what the Patriots' identity is yet, if they're going to be a 12-personnel team or what they're going to do. Um, I think Jono, though, is, is explosive enough to hit um, a tight end one season without a massive volume. Um, in Dynasty, he's sort of in that middle ground where I do avoid tight end in that area. But I, I do have him in, in, uh, in a few leagues based on previously taking him when he was going a bit lower, but I think the flag plant for this season, I'm happy enough with the choice at tight end 14. I think I think it's a really interesting offence, and I can't imagine it's going to be identical for when Cam's in the game and when Matt Jones in the game. So, purely for 2021, Matt, I just want to know who you would be wanting as the QB to give the best value for Jonu. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the experienced guy. I'm going to go with Cam Newton. And to be honest, I think he will start most of next season, if not, if not all of it anyway. Um, he obviously had that disappointing 2020 season, but like we mentioned, he was returning from that, that shoulder surgery. He had no pre-season. He was obviously tested positive for COVID as well during the season quite early on. So a lot of things seem to be going against Cam for, for last season. Um, and I just think we're going to see a better Cam this year. He's, he's obviously going to get a full off season now with this offence. We've seen in the past as well as had success with his his tight ends, Greg Olsen and, and him had a, a great connection in Carolina. So if they can they can reignite if, if he can reignite that with a, a new tight end like Jordan Smith that's obviously going to be fantastic um we know that this this New England offense is a tough one to pick up pick up on so I, I kind of hope that Mike Jones doesn't get thrown in too early um but I'll just stick with Cam now he's obviously had a, a full year uh, with the Patriots and now as I say the the offseason again to to sharpen up I'm I'm hopeful yeah I think the the fact that he's the experienced guy that's what I'm always going to lean towards so yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Cameron and I think he will be the starter next year. Love that. Love a bit, <laughs> love a bit of a little bit, bit of hype for Cam. I think he got a yeah. bad rap. I agree. I think he can bounce back next year. And some again, a quarterback that I'll probably be targeting late on in drafts if because he's going, he's going dirt cheap in in, in startups and in and in redrafts. So yeah, somebody that I'll be targeting with that that rushing upside and hopefully with the connection with the with Jonah Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that brings us to the, the end of the show where we've highlighted players where we're planting his flag on for, for 2021. Before we finish, have, have you guys got any final thoughts on today's show, Ali? We'll start with you. Yeah, just to say that that actually was a lot tougher exercise than I imagined it was going to be. <laughs> just <laughs> picking just one guy for each position. Um, I think we've all done really well of our picks and we've highlighted some players with potential huge 2021 seasons coming. So uh, for me, tight end was by far the hardest 
certainly when you can't choose from the top tier, you're looking for guys with increased opportunities that can break into that next tier. Um, I think it's all too easy to highlight a few guys and tweet out about them, but to actually plant your flag on just one guy for each position is really tough. And we've now gone and stuck our necks on the line. So <laughs> that's interesting to see how they do. And I'd also certainly love to revisit this after the season to see oh, yes. how we've done on our, our selections. Yeah, I love flag planting, me. I could have talked for, <laughs> for hours about flag planting. It's it's putting your neck on the line, isn't it? And it's, uh, uh, well, like you said, it's something that we should definitely review and get, get other people's flag plants as well and have a good laugh at them after the season. So um, I think what came out of it initially for me was the Chargers and the Bengals got a lot of love as teams should be targeting and think about this time of year where there's all these charity bowls, redraft and best ball season. So it's definitely looking to stack these undervalued offences um, in those formats. Um, I never thought Joe Mixon would be my flag plant if you asked me this <laughs> last year, but like Dynasty as a whole, you've you've got to change your view when the situation changes and when you get new information or um, <clears throat> and releasing that take lock if you've had any uh, takes in the past. And then the only other thing is I'm extremely surprised that there was no flag plant on either Michael Carter or a Bucks player. <laughs> it took all my might not to select Michael Carter. But yeah. I, thought I've, I've, I think I've spoken about him a couple of times this off-season, so I thought I'd give you a, a show-off of me talking about it. I was honestly going to pick Tom Brady, but then I think you guys probably <laughs> fall asleep. I just spoke about him for too long. Uh, no, yeah, like, a bit like last week's show, really, the sleeper show. I think it's always good to have your guys in fantasy, especially if they outperform their ADP. So I've really enjoyed this show and put us put us very little reputation that we have on the line by <laughs> by planting this flag on on these guys. Um, it may feel a bit more like a, a redraft based show, but if these guys hit in twenty twenty one, it's only going to do good things for the dynasty value. So you can still carry it forward into into your dynasty leagues for sure. And and like I've mentioned, the main thing we're, we're clearly think that the Chargers and Bengals are the two underrated offenses that you should definitely be targeting in in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think you can you can get them at affordable affordable prices, so you can can get stuck in these guys, which is something we're we're all falling in love with at the minute in fantasy. Um, so yeah, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. This next show is going to drop next Tuesday, the fourth of August, where we're going to be welcoming back a, an old face. Kev, Kev hinted at it earlier, but as former co-host Rich is, is going to be joining us, <laughs> and he's going to be outlining some key Debbie players, key Debbie players to monitor um in 2021 so it's sure to be a, a fun one obviously the college season it's right around the corner now and it could help you get a head start over your league mates in in dynasty knowing some of these these future stars so yeah it's going to be a an exciting show maybe we can can learn a thing or two from rich uh, the yeah, debbie king have the, the, well apparently or the the debbie pingu who knows um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks once again for listening be, be sure to have a good one and and we'll see you again soon When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.